Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart, Brian. and thanks for listening tonight. My name is Sandman, and I'll be your guide through this strange realm of ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, aliens, conspiracy theories, and other unsolved mysteries that I like to call parareality. Guys, do you remember those mysterious drones that were flying around the skies over Colorado started back in December 2019 and went all the way through January of 2020? Well, the story didn't stay in the headlines for long, and the investigation into these things really, well, really didn't produce a whole lot of results. But it turns out that the Colorado drones weren't the only drones to begin mysteriously appearing in the skies in 2019. It turns out that drones of unknown origin actually began a lot earlier in 2019, July 2019 to be exact. They appeared in the skies above San Clemente Island, which is somewhere off the coast of California. To make matters worse, they were swarming around a fleet of Navy destroyers, and quite frankly, they were seemingly unstoppable. No one knows who was flying those things. They don't know where they came from. They don't know where they went. Or most scary to me is... We don't know what their purpose was. So tonight, I'll be looking into these mysterious drones, and I'll speculate where they came from and what their purpose is. But before I do that, I'll revisit the Colorado drone case that I talked about back in January of 2020, and I'll fill you in on what's happened since they were first discovered. And I'm going to be joined here in the secret bunker by a very special guest. But to learn more, you'll have to turn on, tune in, and find out. And as always, before we get started, it's my favorite time of the podcast. It's email time. Tonight, I've got another email from longtime listener of the show. Haven't heard from 
this guy in a while, Trey Knipe. And Trey says, hey, I had some thoughts about your comment that my manifesto sounded anti-Semitic. It probably goes, it probably does sound anti-Semitic, but it's not in a quote-unquote gas Jews type of anti-Semitism. I'm really trying to make people realize that the Semitic slash Abrahamic book is not the book of most people's ancestors. And it may be the source of our division these days. The Semite has enslaved the Nordic with the control dogma and resists the changes that will eventually take place with sexuality and family structure. The old book holds us back on scientific slash genetic progressivism. Well, if you don't know who Trey Knipe is and you haven't listened to this show, then uh, Trey Knipe is a longtime listener. He uh, has written in several times, and one of the things that he has is his, his manifesto, which he, he's uh, given to us in bits and pieces over the last uh, year or so. And uh, I have to say, some of his stuff can be misconstrued as, as big-time anti-Semitism, a little controversial. I think I understand where you're coming from, Trey, with, uh, with what you're saying. Uh, however, um, I just have to just have to warn you, you know, when you come out and you start saying stuff about uh, Jews and, and some of the things that you're saying, you, you run the risk of, of uh, just pissing a whole lot of people off. And I urge you to just be careful with, with what you're doing, my friend. Uh, I just don't want to see you, uh, don't want to see any, anything bad happen to you. Because um, I know that um, know that, that, that you're trying to get your point across, on it, and I, I, I know that you mean well. But uh, I just have to say, Trey, I appreciate you listening to the, to the podcast. I really appreciate you writing in, and I always encourage you to write in. I don't care what it is. It can be with your manifesto. It can be, hey, you suck, or it can be, hey, I like your show, whatever. Always write in. I love hearing from the fans. And, uh, Trey, you keep them coming, buddy. I really appreciate it. And uh, there you go with fan mail featuring Trey. All right. Now that I've covered that, why don't you take a listen to this? Era Reality is a proud member of the Straight Up Strange Podcast Network. To learn more about all the awesome podcasts that are members of the Straight Up Strange family, go to straightupstrange.com and get strange. Hey, how would you like to be an agent of chaos? What is chaos? It's the knowledgeable apprentices of Sandman, and that's what I call my Patreon account members. I'm looking for new agents, and I'd love it if you'd sign up to become one. There are three levels of agents, and all are extremely affordable, $5 a month or less. Each level offers exclusive content, along with the ability to help create podcast episodes, and even the chance to be a guest or a co-host. To learn more, head on over to patreon.com slash parareality. 100% of the proceeds from Patreon goes back into producing quality content for this podcast. You are listening to the Para Reality Podcast. 
your information source for conspiracy theories, UFOs, the paranormal, and all things unexplained. New episodes drop the first Friday of every month at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. Listen on your favorite podcast station. Turn on, tune in, and find out. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. Welcome back, everyone. Before we get into talking about all of these drones that appeared in the skies over Colorado and outside of San Clemente Island, all starting back in as early as July of 2019, I want to introduce you to my very special guest this evening, a man who has been on the podcast several times and is one of the most popular guests slash co-host in the history of parareality. This man is a mystery to even myself, and I know him personally. He's a medical professional. He's a chemist. He's a scientist. He holds degrees in biology, chemistry, and nursing. He is probably one of the most intelligent people that I have ever run across. Very analytical mind. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. John Harrison has come back to Parareality. Thank you for coming back, Mr. Harrison. Hey, Sam, man. Love to be here. Thank you so much. Those too, too kind of you to say all those words. Oh, but they're all true, Mr. Harrison. They are all true. Oh, you're too kind, too kind. I had to go out and buy special headphones to fit his big, massive head because he has such a huge brain. Or such a big ego, depending on who you ask. Yes. What do you think about your theme music that I've got going in the background, oh, Mr. Harrison? Totally love it. Flock of Seagulls. Awesome. It's love totally it. you. Yes. Because a flock of seagulls does not exist. And neither do you, sir. That's right. You are an enigma wrapped in a mystery, wrapped in a conundrum. That is down at the bottom of the deepest depths of the ocean, wrapped up in a metal box in chains. Much like our topic tonight. Yes, much like our topic this evening. So, but seriously, thanks for coming on to the podcast again. Thank you, man. It has I, been too long. Yes, it has. 2020 has just absolutely sucked balls. To, and not the good kind of ball sucking either. Nope. Because mm, there, there is good ball sucking. Yeah, but then 2020 you, wasn't it. I'm going to give you a, a, a word of advice. And this goes not just to Mr. Harrison. This is to anyone who's listening. If you're a guy and you find a woman who can properly suck on your balls, you need to marry her. And that's all I'm going to say. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it, it takes care. It <laughs> takes care to do that. Skill. Right. And skill. Lots and lots of skill. That's definitely a keeper. Yes. Yes, but I I digress. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about tonight. How do we get on that topic? I'm quite sure it's your fault. <laughs> but in in all seriousness, I it it has been too long, and I really do appreciate you coming back on the podcast. Uh, I know this was kind of a last minute thing. I love it, man. I've missed yeah. it. Yeah. How could I, I not have the opportunity? What do you think about about the secret bunker? How I've uh, redecorated it a little bit. You have a proper guest host 
desk now. There's like this coolest little red light in this microphone that just mm-hmm. gives it this really awesome, you know, kind of goth appearance. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's uh, I'm 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 gonna post a picture on the website around the homepage for everybody it's like, to see. It is like super cool. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Only the best for my guests. Only the best. Thank you. So let's get into it, man. Let's start talking about this. So <clears throat> we're going to do this in two parts. Part one, we're going to revisit the Colorado drones. Because if you remember last year in January, you and I talked about this very topic. Yes, we did. Yes. And one of the things that I said was that I was going to keep an eye on this and I was going to follow up on it. And then uh, COVID, mm-hmm. you know, hashtag COVID. You can just say, that's all you got to say for 2020s. Well, COVID, you know. So um, I didn't get to really follow up on it and follow it as closely as what I would have, but I have updates, and I'm fulfilling my promise, and we're going to talk about the updates for the Colorado drones. Right, right. Which segues right into part two of this episode, which is when we're going to talk about the new drone threat off of San Clemente Island. So I'm sure, I know you do, and I hope my listeners do, but uh, you remember those mysterious drones that were flying around all over Colorado that I reported on last January? Well, would you like to know whatever became about these things? Whatever happened with them? Whatever happened with yeah. them. Well, me too. I'd like to know too. And here's the thing. Nobody ever really found out where they came from or who was controlling them. They just kind of just disappeared. Shocking. I, I know, right? Uh, there's this uh, big investigation that was carried out, the hundreds of man hours, sightings of supposedly what were hundreds of drones above Colorado. It wasn't just Colorado. It was actually Colorado, Nebraska, and Wyoming. This made national headlines starting all the way back in December of 2019 and going through January of 2020. Wasn't there something about surveying nuclear sites or something related uh, to that? We're going to get into that, yes. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, residents across those states, the uh, Colorado, Nebraska, and Wyoming, but especially in Colorado, uh, plus uh, law enforcement officers reported seeing these drones just like almost every night flying above their homes where they lived and worked. Some of those who said they saw the drones, they created a Facebook group, and uh, there's one called Drone Intelligence Center, Colorado, Nebraska, Wyoming, and all other states. That's a huge Facebook group name. The group has about 3.7 thousand members. Wow. I know. And people are still posting regularly in it today. I mean, the, I, I, I tried to look in. To it, I tried to, to to look at the post, but the group's private, and quite frankly, I'm not all that interested in trying to join it. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but you can see uh, when the last post was, and there was a post made just a few days ago. You know, so people are still actively posting in that thing. But however, what I have been able to find out is uh, the general consensus is that there seems to be that 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 reports basically stopped because people got tired of being discredited or trolled on the internet. Now, residents are still uh, posting sightings, supposedly. Uh, 
if I could get into the Facebook group, I would know for sure. But I, they're still posting in there pretty regular. So I'm saying they're still posting something in that Facebook group. So okay. you know, it's still kind of active. Now, these sightings caused a lot of anxiety in residents over safety and privacy, as one can imagine. I, I can totally yeah. empathize with this. Yes. Uh, area law enforcement teamed up with the FBI and the FAA on a task force to investigate these drones. And like I said, they found nothing. No result. Nothing. nothing. They, they don't know who was controlling them, where they came from, anything. Just it, it, exactly. dead end. It, just dead nothing. end. Yeah. Now, the uh, task force leader was uh, the county sheriff of Morgan County. His name was Dave Martin. And uh, on January the 22nd of last year, uh, he said that there was no plan for that task force to meet again. So they didn't, they searched for a, a little bit, just a couple of weeks or so. And then after January 22nd, nothing, no more investigations from the task force. Now, coincidentally, at the same time, the Colorado Department of Public Safety was conducting its own investigation, and it issued a news release uh, a few days earlier, like 10 days earlier, on January the 13th, 2020. And this is what they said. They say that most of the confirmed sightings were determined to be planets, stars, commercial aircraft, or small hobbyist drones. And they went on to say that uh, it did not find any evidence substantiating reports of large wingspan drones traveling in groups. So they conducted, the Department of Public Safety conducted a totally separate investigation, and they found nothing. But what I thought was interesting was they're saying, oh, uh, most of them are planets or stars or commercial aircraft. Swamp gas. You, you know, Mm-mm-mm-mm. that kind of reminds me of the swamp gas theory from, uh, you know, Project Blue Book and Dr. Hynek over there. The willow wisps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, the uh, Colorado Department of Public Safety report said only uh, there were, there were, that said that there were only four sightings confirmed by law enforcement that didn't have an explanation. So out of all the hundreds of sightings, they're saying, only four were not able to be explained, and the rest was swamp gas, you know, mm-hmm. misidentification and stuff. Now, I can buy a few misidentifications, you know. Yes, absolutely. But it, not it, hundreds. It, it, I think I mentioned this the last time that we were here is, you know, out there in that part of the country, you got nice, clear skies. Mm-hmm. Well, you've been out hum- there for a long time. Very low humidity, you know generally don't have clouds unless you know there's actually a storm front coming through um y- you can you can see the milky way at night you got great visibility but at the same time you know if you got a little point of light somewhere over there it's really hard to judge distance and i get it and especially if you're in the periphery of um, a big metropolitan area like denver is to the south of mm. where these incidents were being related to, of course, you can see for quite a few miles, quite a few miles. Well, yeah, but not being able to judge different uh, distances is, is something totally different than misidentifying a 
star in the night sky for a drone. That's that's definitely the big difference right there. Yeah. Because you, you can you can you can tell a planet from a planet. You can tell a star from a star. You know, but these little blobs of light that are just kind of floating on the horizon constantly, God knows what they are, right? And now we're even making it worse because of all these Starlink satellites that Elon Musk is putting up in the sky and all sorts of crazy other shit. You but know, so were, so there. I, I think my point is is that there are legitimate things that could be there that are causing all these artifacts, but. I can't discount a single one of them as from, you know, from them saying, okay, I saw a drone. I can't say that they didn't. Exactly. You know, it's completely legit because the problem is real. Yes. The problem as, is real. As as I'm pretty sure that you're going to touch on in a few minutes with this um, other yes. story here. Yes, absolutely I am. Now, one other thing that the uh, CDPS said was, uh, if you, you remember... One of the things that we talked about was uh, there was a, a, a life flight helicopter that uh, said a drone almost hit it. I remember that, yeah. Yeah. Well, the CDPS investigated that, too, and um, they determined that the drone that came close to hitting that, that helicopter was a hobbyist drone that was unconnected to the mystery. So they did say, yeah, that was a drone. Okay, okay. Now, one of the things, and I can't remember if I said this or not, um, I probably did because I, I vaguely, or if I didn't, I remember thinking about it anyway. Um, when you do life flight, a lot of those guys, a lot of those pilots fly really like what I would consider to be low to the ground when they're flying those helicopters, 1,000 feet to 500 feet. Mm-hmm. Or should I say 500 feet to 1,000 feet? You know, um, And a lot of them do it for safety reasons in case there's something that happens to the aircraft or whatever. Right, and they have you're to sit down really fast. Yeah, you're right. not going to fall a mile out of the sky. Right. You know, so it's very possible that a hobbyist drone could have been up that high. I mean. Oh, I, yeah, because, you know, we have had model airplanes for, what, mm, 75 years? For a minute, yeah. You know, so, and they're not that expensive. You know, you can get a model helicopter, a model airplane, or anything like that. You can spend as much money as you want to mm-hmm. on it. For as many bells and whistles as you want to put on it, yep. and they can go. So, yep. you know that that we we've had this technology to be able to put stuff into the air for a really, really, really long time. But yeah. what is making it all of a sudden, you know, just burst out and become a problem? Well, if that's we, what if we're we, trying to figure we've out. Had all this for so long, why is it now? Why now? Why now? Who knows? Mm. That's what we're trying to figure out. Right. right here on Pair Reality. We'll see if we can mm. come up with something. So uh, another thing was that uh, was looked into was um, they asked um, the Air Force and Amazon and Google if, uh, oh, and Uber, if um, if they had um, any drones of their own that was flying. Why Uber? I don't know. I don't know, you know. Amazon, I guess, well, Amazon's talking about drones to deliver packages, so I get that. Maybe they were experimenting. You know, Air Force, I get it. Air Force, they fly, right? Right, right. Google, I'm not so sure about. Uber, I have no freaking idea why they would ask them, but they asked the Air Force, Google, Amazon, and Uber, hey, are these drones yours? Do you have anything to do with it? And they're like, nope, not mine, man. Don't know what you're talking about. I know, right? So, and, and since that's, 
basically that's where it. Everybody kind of shrugs their shoulders and mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know exactly. And just as suddenly as the sightings began, they just seemingly stopped. No explanation for them's ever been given, and we still don't know who was operating these things. Right. If and right. supposedly there was fleets of drones all just buzzing around in the skies. So, you want to hear my theory? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, the theory that I proposed about these mysterious drones. Do you remember? You remember the theory? China? No. 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 The theory that I proposed was that the government might have been behind it all in order to garner support for a uh, proposed new FAA rule. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember this. This rule is going to require that all drones be able to be identified remotely using a unique identifier and GPS coordinates that would be sent via a cellular signal to a database. Okay, okay. Now, this caused an uproar among the heavy, hard-hitting drone enthusiasts because they felt that this rule would ruin their hobby. And if, if memory serves me right, I think I disagreed with that, with that opinion. Yes, and uh, since you brought that up, here is a little bit of what we discussed. So now let me present, now that I've had the buildup, let me present my final theory about what or who could really be behind this drone mystery. The timing for all this is just a little too coincidental because there has been a recently proposed FAA rule that would require drones to be identified remotely using a unique identifier and GPS coordinates sent via cellular signal to a credible database, which many drone enthusiasts worry will ruin their hobby. Okay, what, so how does this how does this connect? Well, what better way to drum up support for such a policy than a nationally covered drone mystery? Hmm? Right? Uh, well, it, it certainly would draw attention to the need for that, yes. 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 Okay, so get this, all right? The rule, which was introduced on December the 31st, 2019, just a mere week after these sightings started, it's titled Remote Identification of Unmanned Aircraft Systems. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Let me, let me get this. Okay, so you, you are hypothesizing <laughs> that the FAA is mm-hmm. creating a controversy in order yes. to support a law to track drones. Yes. That's exactly what I'm saying. Why would they need to do that? To garner support for their their proposed rule. What better way to get something passed? Because the FAA is part of what? It's a governmental agency. Oh, yeah, it's a, yeah, right? it's a dead agency, yes. Right. It says so in their title, right? Right. So what better way for our government to 
and I say this with my air quotes, control the drones, what better way to control the drones than with a law that we, the American people, publicly support? So, yeah, that was my theory all the way back in January yes, of yes, last yes. year. You, you, I know Absolutely. you remember that conversation, right? Yes. Yep. Well, I have news for you about that proposed rule. Whatever become of it? It passed. Yay! Yeah, no surprise, right? Yeah, <laughs> not a big, not a big surprise on that, right? So the final rule on remote ID will require most drone, uh, most drone, op- most drones operating. If I can get it out, let me just start that over. <clears throat> the final rule on remote ID will require most drones operating here in the United States airspace to have remote ID capability. Now, remote ID will provide information about drones in flight, like the identity, location, and altitude of the drone, and its control station or takeoff location. Authorized individuals from public safety organizations may request identity of the drone's owner from the FAA. Now, you can see why this is a lot of uh, drone enthusiasts were like, I don't want this, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. If you if you aren't doing anything you're not supposed to do, then who gives a shit, right? Right, right. It's the people who are doing stuff that they're not supposed to do that are going to complain about this. I'm sure. And then I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sure you got people who are going to complain just to complain. But you can see how this would 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 garner a lot of pushback from from the drone enthusiasts out there. Well, you know, because nothing wrong ever happened with anonymity on the internet, has it? <laughs> not a thing. That would no. nothing mm. ever wrong has happened with that. But we're not talking about the internet. Yes, we're talking about something worse because this is anonymity that is occurring in real life. Yeah, exactly. With and with real life repercussions. Not yeah, exactly. that not that the other stuff doesn't have real life repercussions. It certainly does. But this is just a, another example of the same thing, but just writ large. Yes. Yes. You know, the, I remember quite a few years ago there was like during some wildfire season in California, um, some helicopters that were dumping water or fire retardant on, on an area had to had to get shuffled away to something because there were drones running around the area or something like that, right? Um, don't know who, it, I, I barely remember this story. I could be totally off on my facts, but the fact exists that yes, People are running around and messing around with drones, and it yeah. has real-world consequences. Well, there was one at the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, I think. It, it, exactly. And it's – I totally understand how situations like this breed conspiracy theories. It mm-hmm. makes perfect sense to me that it, that it does because it touches on a lot of real-world problems. And let me see if I can collect my thoughts to – to make something that sounds act- actually intelligent here. Um, yeah, so I alluded back to the to the point about anonymity on the Internet, right? Right. Who amongst us actually knows how the Internet works? I don't. I'm, I'm pretty sure that I don't couldn't find nine people off of ten <laughs> off of the street who could explain how this stuff works. Oh. Right? Uh, oh damn! I forgot his name. 
former Vice President Al Gore. Al, yeah, he well, invented, he invented it, right? It, I mean, so, you know, he, he, should, he should tell you. Yeah, just email him. Yeah. We artificial intelligence is is a real thing nowadays. You know, there's that's what I possess. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. So, but machine learning and artificial intelligence are actually are actual things that are that are working now in big businesses and research and everything like that. And you know, how how in the world do they work? What kind? How does a heuristic algorithm work? And then it learns. And then how do you know what it learned off of that? It, it just, there's, we have Skynet. It, it, technology is just going so fast. And encroaching every day more and more into our normal everyday lives. That's because we're back and engineering all the UFO technology from the UFOs. Obviously, right? Buried under, buried but my point is, is that you know, we're all ignorant of how in the world it works. And a lot of times we don't even know that it's there. Right. You know, like all all the the crank calls that we get from spam and telemarketers and stuff like that. It's not a real person anymore. It's a damn computer. Right. That sounds like a real person because you can do that now. And we have deep fakes, you yep. know, where we can make videos. It's like, and it makes us question yep. our own reality. And it's scary because we don't understand it. We don't know what it's doing to us and we have no control over it. And then when you try and get some accountability for it, everybody just shrugs their shoulders and go, yeah, we don't know. It's not the fact that nobody knows where in the hell these drones went to. It's every day, you know, there's something or there's some agency that has a direct effect on you. It could be tech support. It could be these drones. It could be your bills and something like that. And you go and you try and get some help. And everybody just kind of shrugs their shoulders. And it's like, eh, I don't know. I can't do anything about it. And it leaves you feeling powerless. And I get it. I totally get it. And, you know, and from there is where all conspiracy theories start. You know, for better, for worse. And it just doesn't appeal to this situation or that situation, but you start seeing them all over the place and global. So I, I totally get it, and it pisses me off. And we have let this happen to ourselves. Yeah, we have. We have let this happen to ourselves. Why? Because of... Millennials. And... Capitalism. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know this, and it's everyone that's listening to this podcast, I, ha I have... Two answers to every question, to every problem that exists. It's, it's only one of two things. Sometimes it's both of them. Right, millennials, millennials and, and capitalism. Yeah, it's the root of all evil. Both well, of those things. I actually have a millennial, so I'm, I'm mm -hmm. not. I'm not so angry at them all the time. Mm -hmm. I kind of get it. But, but you created the millennial, so yes, I do. You created the problem. Absolutely, you bastard, you. Well, you know, everyone's got a skill. And you know what's even worse than capitalism, and what's worse than millennials? What? Capitalistic millennials; uh -huh. those are the worst. Okay, I digress. The, the, my my point being is that you know these, it I get where it feels like we're losing control of our lives every day. I'm gonna get a new shirt. Squirrel moment. 
squirrel. I'm going to get a new shirt in the merch store. And it's going to have something to do with capitali- capitalistic yes, millennials. You should, to- you should yes. totally have that. Totally. Yes. Okay, so it, I'm yeah. going to have to knock you off of your soapbox here okay, on, go for ahead. a minute because we got to get ahead. on with this thing. But I, I see what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I don't know if you really ever answered the question that you posed, but whatever. I don't know if there is an answer to it. Maybe not. You know, because, I mean, look what happened when we've let social media go amok for the last decade. And now it's just an absolute shit show out there. Uh, QAnon. Mm. Right. And I have purposely not talked about QAnon on this podcast because it's a political issue. And this podcast is not about politics. QAnon is too political for me to touch on this podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm just not going to do it. I'm a conspiracy theorist, dude. And that is the craziest whacked out fucking conspiracy theory of all crazy whacked out fucking conspiracy (laughs) theories. That is, if you believe that, you're absolutely, completely nuts. Did you see the HBO special on that? Yes, I did. What did you think about it? It didn't change my mind. It, 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 the, the people who believe it are nuts. They're effing crazy. Do, do, do you think it answered your questions? Uh, I It, 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 it uh, posed a lot of questions that I hadn't thought of. Yes, we're not, but, we're not doing spoilers, okay? But it, so. did, it did answer the question for me as to who I think is behind it. Right, right, right. At, as, at its present incarnation. Okay. Because I think there was a it, it, was, it existed in another form before it is turned into what it is now. But I thought it was a pretty good documentary. If 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 you have the ability to watch it, you should definitely yeah. watch it. I, I enjoyed it. So let's stop talking about. It. I, right, I can't. Right. I'm, I'm, yeah, I can't. No, no spoilers. Too, no, it's just not that. It's just that it's too political. This yes. this is not a a, a political uh, podcast. If you want to hear politics, go somewhere else. Which yeah, we're I not have going down that rabbit. I have a I have another podcast that I do called Set It Off, which does deal with some politics. It just, uh, um, it's basically has to do with the topic is whatever the hell I want it to be. It's just me venting, being a frustrated person and just venting my frustrations. And I have talked about QAnon a couple of times on that, but it's not a political show, so to speak. But if you want to hear about QAnon, go to another podcast because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give them the Freaking time of day on this podcast at all. So let me get back on track here. So the uh, the FAA's notice of proposed rulemaking, also known as an NPRM, go figure, right, on remote identification of unmanned aircraft systems was published on December the 31st, New Year's Eve, 2019. And the FAA received over 53,000 comments on the NRPM during the 60-day comment period following publication. Now, I actually went to the website. I saw the proposed rule. I read it. I think I had a download link to it on uh, on uh, perialty.com at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't read all 50,000 comments because that's a lot of comments to read. But uh, most of the comments that I read were against it. So I can imagine that if I just read a few of the 53,000 comments and all of them, 100% of them were negative, then I can imagine that the majority of the 53,000 comments that were left were negative. 
And the FAA. Well, you know, because anybody who was who was positive or, or affirmative to it just kind of ignored it and just went on their own merry way and yeah, didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's the only time you see get a review on Yelp is one that's bad, right? Right. So the FAA supposedly reviewed all the comments and and they supposedly considered them when they were writing the final rule. And the final rule was published in the Federal Register on January the 15th of 2021. So just a couple of months ago. Excellent. And it had an original effective date of March 16th, 2021, which was last month, mm-hmm. right? And corrections made to the rule and published in the Federal Register uh, on March, uh, let's see, that March the 10th of 2021, that delayed the effective date all the way to April the 21st of 2021. So we've got, what, a week. Do you happen, do you happen to know what the penalty is for you know not complying with the law? I do not. I don't remember what I saw. I, didn't, I have not seen the actual, um, actually, I take that back. I have seen the actual um, uh, um, proposal, the 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 final rule. I've seen the final rule. I did not see anywhere in there where it said what the penalties are. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have just not read that part or whatever, but I have I have seen the final rule. Um, bad Mr. Drunk Pilot. Bad Mr. Drunk yeah, Pilot. Exactly. Slap. 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 Exactly. So pay um, us five dollars. Yes. Um, let's see. Because there's something that you, there's something that you mentioned earlier, I think, mm-hmm. when we were, when you were reviewing the theory from last year. It's mm-hmm. that, okay, these, these drones are supposed to have some type of transponder in them, mm-hmm. which would mm-hmm. be broadcast over a cell tower mm-hmm. and kept in a database. Mm-hmm. Well, and it just occurred to me, it's like, well, hell, that's what they're doing right now. The mystery drones. They're collecting data, transmitting it over a cell phone channel to some database somewhere in China. The thing, <laughs> yeah, the thing about cell phone, um, being, it being transmitted via cell phone, uh, is that, you know, the frequencies that control cell phones... Um, or that cell phones broadcast on, they're all digital now, right? Right. But you can't get a public scanner that can access those frequencies. Right, right. Now, back in the day, when cell phones first came out... You used to could. You used to could. Uh, I had a very good friend of mine. His name is Kyle Capehart. What's up, Kyle? He had... A portable scanner that was like it was about the size of a, a two-way radio, and this was probably back then. This was probably like three hundred bucks. I mean, it scanned everything, and we would like he would call me up, like on you know just randomly and be like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And I'm, like, I'm just sitting around the house, and he's like, "Well, I'm coming over." So he would come over and pick me up, and he would have his scanner with him and we would literally just ride around town listening to people's cell phone conversations <laughs> because no, there was absolutely nothing the f else to do <laughs> nothing and 
it, a couple of times we actually listened in on some cell phone conversations from people we knew. Oh, dear. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my. Oh, my. Is oh, right. my. Yeah. But, I mean. Do you it, hear anything good? No. No. <laughs> no. It was mostly just gossip and a lot of, hey, man, guess where I am? I don't know where. I'm sitting in your driveway. <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of that. Um, but you can't do that anymore. No. Because, you know, privacy and, and, and all that sorts of stuff. So you can't be up in arms and saying, well, people can listen in if it's transmitted via cell signal that people can listen in because they can't. No. Yeah. So anyway, the uh, there are three ways that drone pilots are going to be able to meet the identification requirements of this remote ID rule. Mm-hmm. And you had asked me this prior to coming on the air, and I was like, I don't have my paper in front of me, but I got my paper in front of me right now. So here are the three ways. The first one is to to operate a standard remote ID drone that broadcasts identification and location information about the drone and its control station. A standard remote ID drone is one that is produced with built-in remote ID broadcast capabilities in accordance with the remote ID rules requirements. The second way that you can meet these requirements is to operate a drone with a remote ID broadcast module. A broadcast module is a device that broadcasts identification and location information about the drone and its takeoff location in accordance with the remote ID rules requirements. The broadcast module can be added to a drone and and, and basically retrofit it Mm -hmm. with remote ID capability. Persons operating a drone with a remote ID broadcast module must be able to see their drone at all times during flight. Right, right, right. So if you buy one that already has one in it, you don't have to have line of sight with it. But if you retrofit your drone for some reason, you have to always have it in sight. Okay. And the third way, you can operate without a remote ID equipment at an FAA-recognized identification area. That's uh, called an FRIA. FAA recognized identification area. Okay. And this is sponsored by community based organizations or educational institutions. FRIAs are the only locations unmanned aircraft, drones, and radio controlled airplanes can operate without broadcasting remote ID message elements so if you have like a playground (laughs) right so if you have basically if you have something that can fly not just a drone right you were talking earlier about you know airplanes and helicopters that you could fly remotely you gotta have that shit on there too okay right so following public comments and technical challenges the faa decided to eliminate the um the 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 nprm limited remote identification UAS category to transmit remote ID messages through an internet connection to a remote ID UAS service supplier. What? Yes, huh? exactly. <laughs> what? I'm reading exactly from the from the thing here. And this option has been replaced by the wow, remote wow, ID wow, broadcast wow, module wow. option that allows for the retrofit of existing drones. In other words, they had problems with te- technical issues, so they changed up some of the shit. Okay. Basically is what it says. And the FAA made a few other changes to the proposed rule for the uh, 
for the final rule on remote ID after evaluating some of the, the commenters' feedbacks. And uh, some of those changes are uh, the compliance dates. So the compliance date for manufacturers of drones was reduced from 24 months to 18 months after the rule's original effective date, which was March the 16th of 2021, just last month. Uh, The compliance date for operators was shortened from 36 months to 30 months after the rule's original effective date of March 16th, 2021. So, Another thing that changed was the registration. So recreational drone pilots had to have, uh, they have to have a unique registration number for each of their aircraft. So however many drones you own, it has to have a unique identification number, or UIN. Under the final rule, recreational drone pilots may continue to register once and apply that unique registration number to multiple aircraft. So now it has changed. So you can have however many drones you want and just use the same number for the because you're not going to fly all the drones at the same time, I guess, is what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have no idea. <clears throat> During registration, they have to list the serial numbers of any standard remote ID unmanned aircraft, including drones and model airplanes. And they have to register that at, uh and if they use a remote ID broadcast module, in other words, the retrofit, the module's serial number must be listed on their registration, which will permit them to move the module from unmanned aircraft to unmanned aircraft. So from drone to drone or model to model or whatever, so long as the unmanned aircraft are on the same registration number. Because when I take my shotgun and my buckshot, <laughs> yeah, and I get one of these things. Mm-hmm. You know, I need I need to be able to find out who in the world this belongs to. I, yeah. gar- I guarantee you. Oh, they'll come looking for these, you. All these mystery <laughs> drones, shoot one of them down. You'll find out whose it is real yeah, fast. Yeah, because they'll come looking for you. That's yeah, right. You won't have to come looking for them. So, which drone pilots have to comply with this rule? Well, I'm, no, that's a burning question. I can see it in your face. You're, you can I can look in your eyes. And you're like, oh, I must know the answer to this. So all drone pilots required to register their UAS must operate their aircraft in accordance with the final rule on remote ID beginning September the 16th of 2023. So you got a couple of years. Okay. All right. And this gives the drone owners enough time to either upgrade or retrofit, whatever, trash their their old drone and get a new drone. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, by 2023, if you've got a drone right now, by 2023, that shit will be obsolete anyway. Totally. Know, six months from now, it'll be obsolete. I, 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 I'm really liking where all this is going because I, this is one of those things where I can only see this problem is going to get worse, not better. Yep. So what kind of information are they going to broadcast over this? Good I'm question. I'm glad you asked Good that question. because I happen to have the answer right here in front of me. Whether using a standard remote ID drone or a remote ID broadcast module, in other words, the retrofit, the the message elements must be broadcast from takeoff to shutdown. A standard remote ID drone or a drone with a remote ID broadcast module must transmit the following message elements. And there are several of them. Is it, like you said, is this over just regular radio or is it cell or... 
this is, uh, let me go back and look at that. Um, you know, since if, if it's, if it's pinging a little radio signal while it is active, that's, that's probably not bad. Let's see. What was it that I said earlier? Um, looking at it well I had it in front of me and then I moved my papers and now I can't I can't see it anymore um, they changed something they changed something about it and I can't remember what the hell it was that I said because it was such a so wordy but I was reading it from the final rule um Oh well, I'll find it later. But it's it's um, they they changed something on it, but it's it's still looking like that it may use uh, cell phone signal in some shape, form, or fashion. Okay. okay, okay. So here's what they have to transmit, and this is one of the reasons why people are the drone enthusiasts are getting mad is because not because they have to transmit, it's what they must transmit. So. They have to transmit a unique identifier for the drone, which we just talked about. ER549. Yeah, exactly. And if you know where that's from, you're older than us. <laughs> yes. Uh, the drone's latitude, longitude, geometric altitude, and velocity. That's standard stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. An indication of the latitude, longitude, and geometric altitude of control station or takeoff location. Ah, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, a time mark, I guess, of when you took off, and uh, an emergency status, and that's for standard remote ID drones only. I don't know what that means. I don't know what the emergency. It, it did not uh, elaborate as to what emergency status is. I don't know. Okay, so maybe you're maybe it's an Amazon drone delivering an AED to. I don't well, know. you know they would. They would need this information for remote control of the drones. Like, say, like, if Amazon was doing it, you know, nobody, you know, you're not going to have some jack-off sitting there with a little joystick, you know, controlling where these drones are going. It's going to be a computer program doing it. So, you know, that they have to have this information, you know, so that the computers can control them. Right? Yeah, but what what... What does the emergency status have to do with anything? I don't understand. What is emergency status? It doesn't elaborate. I don't know what that is. I don't know what emergency status means. I I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. I'm I'm ignorant as to that. You know, I guess if it goes down, it broadcasts to Mayday. I don't know. Hell, who knows? So almost all of the final rule on a remote ID becomes effective on April the twenty first of this year. So in a week, mm-hmm. the subpart. That covers the process for the FRIA, the 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 basically the the free zones where you don't have to have remote stuff, where it's controlled. The, the area is controlled by the FAA. Um, places where you can take your drones off the leash. Right, <laughs> right. The process for FRIA applications from community-based organizations and educational institutions becomes effective on September the sixteenth of twenty twenty-two. So we got about eighteen months for yeah, that. Yeah, I'm going to the yeah. I'm going to the drone park, honey. Yeah, exactly. Going to the church, fly my drone in the parking lot. So here are some other dates of note. September the 16th, 2022, 
That's the date that drone manufacturers must comply with the final rules requirements for them. September the 16th of 2023, a year later, all drone pilots must meet the operating requirements of Part 89, whatever that is in the, in the rule. Uh, for most operators, this will mean flying a standard remote ID drone, equipping with a broadcast module, or flying at the FRIA. Mm-hmm. So this is another reason why people are so pissed. that They're not saying you have to get one of these. You don't have to if you don't want to. You just can't fly it anywhere you want, though, if that's what you're going to do. Yes. You have to fly it in an approved area, an FRIA safe zone, mm-hmm. right? So drone enthusiasts are pissed off at that as well. Now, now is – is I'm sorry to interrupt. Okay. Is, is, is it just – like above a certain altitude, like you know, if I if I go down to the store and get a little play drone and I'm just fiddle farting around with it in my yard, does this apply? We're talking about the big um, commercially available, the big drones. Like the drone that I have is a hundred dollar drone from Walmart, and it's very small, and you know, if a, a big wind comes about, it's kind of, you know, right, right, right. you know, so stuff like that. No, but we're talking about the, the, the big, like quadcopter drones that are capable of flying a thousand feet and okay, okay. all that. So yeah, that's what we're talking about here. Right. The, the little drone that you get for your kid at Walmart, which is basically what I've got. Right. Yeah. Okay. That, you know, that's, that's not you, no, uh, you know, no. you, you have to, you have to have something that's, that's not a real drone. We're talking about a real drone. real drone. Yeah. A real drone. You need a man's drone. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so why did I go through all of that shit? Talking I'm about asking this? myself the yeah, same exactly. thing. Why did you make me suffer? Through this shit? <laughs> why did I make the listeners <laughs> suffer through that? Well, the reason is because I, I wanted, I wanted people to understand what the rule was, when the effective date was, and why that was the reason that I proposed my theory all the way back last year, which was what better reason for the government to get in there and cause a big scare other than, hey, we want to have something passed and this will help us pass it with ease, right? So it, it's that's it's non-falsifiable. So I, why not? Maybe I guess maybe, but maybe not. We don't know. But on you know, conspiracy theories are what I do for a living here. Yeah, they're exactly. So, so that's my conspiracy theory. Look at what the government wanted to do. Look at what they accomplished right here. Okay, this is big. Now, it's only big if you're a drone enthusiast. Okay, okay, okay. okay it's not going to affect right. anyone else. So where where's your hypothesis fill in with what we're about to talk about? Why, well, is, why is that even valid then? Well, I'm glad you asked because that deals with part two of this. And let me finish making my point and we'll talk about part two. Okay. Okay. So look at what the government was able to accomplish. And by the government, once again, I'm talking about the FAA because... They're part of the government, right? So they're able to get this passed, and now I, I'm still of the opinion of it's like why did why even bother with that? They didn't have to create a furor over it. They could have just done it anyway because they were going to do whatever they wanted to anyway. This is true. This is true. Not like those opinions made a hill of fucking beans. 
and it only matters to people who are drone enthusiasts. Because if look, if it hadn't been for the Colorado drone story, I would never have known about this because I'm not a drone guy. I said, I got a little piece of shit $100 drone that I've had for like two years, and I've flown it twice, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm not a, a drone guy. So this wouldn't have affected me. I could give a shit less about it anyway, you know. But they're the, the, the people who are into flying drones, I mean, that's they're, they're big time into it, you know. And what better way for the government to get – people like that and the rest of the public on their side than to create a a scare, an unknown drone scare. We don't know where these things are coming from, who's controlling them. And the FAA says, well, you know, if we'd have just had this rule in place last year, we could have have answered this question and we could have protected everyone and made you feel all safe. Government to the rescue, right? I'm from the government and I'm here to help. It's not funny, man. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) But I'm glad you find that so humorous. But it's just the stupidity of it all, really. (laughs) So that's. God damn it. The FAA is here to help. We're coming to the rescue. But, but like I was saying, look at what the, look at what they they managed to accomplish, and with relatively, you know, they they did it relatively easy, you know. So I'm just saying, I'm not saying that they did do it. I'm just saying it is totally 100 plausible that they could have done that. And then maybe you're right. Maybe someone was like, "Why the hell are we doing this? It's not. It doesn't matter a hill of beans because we're going to do what we want to anyway." And that's why the drones disappeared. <laughs> or maybe they just flew them around for a little bit and was like, look, we did what we wanted to do. I you can't know? imagine anybody in government having that much free time to say, you know what, dude, let's make a conspiracy theory. Um, dude, you've never worked for the government. I've been a contractor I, for the government. I have worked for the government. Actually, and yeah, there is a lot of free there's time. There's a lot of free time, hands. my friend. <laughs> I stand there corrected. There is a lot of free time. I stand corrected. Yes. yes. So let's move on to part two, the mysterious Navy drones. All right, so you wanted to know what part one had to do with part two. Well, let's talk about it. So Okay, so, yo, please go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. All right, so according to a report from uh, the website called The Drive, several drones reportedly or excuse me, repeatedly, swarmed Navy destroyers off the California coast all the way back in July of 2019. Yes. Mm, so that was several months before all this stuff happened in Colorado. And this didn't get publicly released until this year. Just a couple of weeks ago. Right. Right. And it was covered by major news agencies. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. All the the all the alphabet places yep. have covered it. There's mm-hmm. also articles and various things like yep. Forbes magazine and yada yada yada. And talking guess what about this? Guess what? What the government still doesn't know? And who's they don't behind know shit. Reason nighttime flights at all. And I mean, and these are these are completely nuts, right? You yep. had you know three destroyers 
being followed by multiple drones, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, a million fucking miles from shore, whatever it was, you know, keeping up with these ships, mm-hmm. you know, that are going at at least a decent speed for ships. I, mm-hmm. I honestly don't know what a knot is, but they were going going like 16 knots or something like that, whatever. Well, the re- and, and they're staying up for, you know, an extended amount of right. time. Right. The report says that as many as six drones flew around the ships at a time that was, oftentimes it was low visibility conditions. Right, and fucking with and, one of them, mm-hmm. then their landing pad, so yep. they couldn't launch their, their, their helicopter. helicopter. Yep. Now, this, uh, like I said, this happened in July of 2019, and it, it occurred near, uh, it was right off the this, uh, coast of Southern California's Channel Islands, Uh and and it this was this went on for more than one day. This was multiple days of this. Right, right. And the drones were uh, just doing all kind of crazy stuff, like you know, preventing helicopters from taking off, flying at good speeds for long periods of time. They were flashing lights, and you know, all these security measures supposedly were taken on board the ship, but they never like figured out what was going on. Now, yes. had I been the captain of one of those ships, I've been someone get out there and shoot that motherfucker down. And they weren't equipped to do it. Apparently, I don't know. I would think that they would have been equipped. I to would do hope that. that they would have been equipped. I would think that they would have been equipped. To no, do that. so in 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 their investigation, you know, there was you know certainly there was other ships around the mm, area too, yeah. like cruise ships or or. Maybe mm-hmm. some other commercial type ships, and yep. they were going like, "No, man, it ain't us. We didn't have it." But these are like major freaking drones, mm-hmm. and messing with our ships. Yep, and nobody knows jack shit. Exactly. And now, what the fuck, man? Well, what we have is based largely on. Um, and don't tell me Navy that this is this, don't tell me this is the FAA part of their conspiracy <laughs> theory because that makes no sense whatsoever. I didn't say that. <laughs> I haven't even gotten that far yet. Okay. So the info or the intel that we have is largely based on Navy ship logs um, that were obtained through in uh, Freedom of Information Act or FOIA, as we in the biz like to call it. Um. And uh, there's there's some data that was uh, that's publicly available uh, that has to do with with ship tracking data and stuff, mm-hmm. but most of what we have was through an FOIA. Uh, now there's a guy named Dave Beatty, and he is a documentary filmmaker, and he is the guy that's credited with uncovering these these details. He was making some documentary, I guess about the Navy or whatever. And he got hold of some of these details about these these drone flights uh, that were flying around the uh, USS Kidd, which is a Navy destroyer. And uh, the drone flights, like I said, they they took place near San Clemente Island, which is uh, is home to a lot of sensitive military facilities, like uh, a Navy SEAL training site, uh, the Navy's only ship-to-shore live firing range, and there's also an airfield out there as well. Okay. Now, this, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, about, about 100 is, miles off Los Angeles. Yep, and this is cause for concern as a major security breach right here. That is a major big-time security breach as far as I'm concerned. 
Now, these mysterious drone flights prompted immediate inquiries from investigators and intelligence officers in the Navy and the FBI, including a special agent with the Naval Criminal Investigative Service, or NCIS, and not the one that Mark Harmon's on. Yeah, I was about to say, isn't isn't that on CBS? That's total just crap. (laughs) So uh, also involved in this was the FBI field office in L.A., and the Director of Maritime Intelligence Operations Center within the Navy's Third Fleet. Um, There were some emails that went around, and they made it really clear that the issue was getting high-level attention that went all the way to the Office of the Chief of Naval Operations. So, I mean, you had high-up people in the Navy that were looking into this. There were a lot of people investigating this. Damn right, because number one, this this is not your 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 Walmart quad This is here. this is not this in is the like skies the, over this Colorado. This is like the real deal. Mm-hmm. This is something that, you know, can be equipped with something a bit more deadly than a GoPro. A little sophisticated. Yeah, right. a little bit more sophisticated, right? So these the military authorities explored whether the Navy could have actually launched the drones without the knowledge of the dis- the crews of the destroyers, but right now we, we don't have a clear answer on that. And I think that's probably because the Navy, whatever those. Yeah. It makes me, I, I doubt we ever will. Well, whatever those destroyers were out there doing, I'm sure it was some, part of something classified and, or the Navy may themselves have some sort of classified drone program or remote unmanned aircraft program or something that they can't comment on. So, you know, I can understand how the Navy could be a little bit unclear, but I don't think that the Navy would launch these drones out there to do what they did without at least the captain of the ship knowing. Because when you're doing military drills like that, or if you're just out on a regular patrol and you're not doing a drill and you're actually doing your job. The last thing you want is to send a drone out there. And for those guys to not know that this is a test and they think it's the real thing and they down your million dollar piece of equipment, right? Oh yeah. Someone's nuts will be had on a plate. Exactly. Exactly. So there would have to be, Somebody on that ship that would be in charge, at least, who would know about it. It would probably be on a need-to-know basis, and if you're not high enough up the chain of command, you don't need to know, you know? Mm-hmm. And the guy making all the decisions on that destroyer is the person that would need to know, right? So that, I would say that it's had nothing to do with the Navy, just because of that, right? So who did it? Well, we still we that's what we're looking into. We're, they're still trying to find this thing out. China. Um, <laughs> China. Yep. What's really interesting. I am totally not a China basher, but I just <laughs> say that because, you know, I, you know, it has been such a horrible year. And I'm saying that sarcastically, you know, I, because a lot of all these conspiracy theories that we're not going to discuss, mm-hmm. you know, has involved China. Yeah. So I, so to all the listeners, I am saying that with a sarcastic tone. Okay. Sure you are. Yes. I see totally the sarcasm sarcastic. ripping off your face. 
So what's really interesting to me here is that the drones were able to stay in the air for as long as 90 minutes, an hour and a half, sometimes a little longer than that. Now, this I find significant because this surpasses the capability of commercially available drones, and it covered at least, in one case, 100 nautical miles. I mean, that's nuts. Who would be able to do something like this if it wasn't the United States? And what kind States? of drone is that, dude? Russia or China or some other state actor mm-hmm. is is, mm-hmm. is the obvious The obvious answer. choice, right? It has to be because you're. this is beyond what you're going to order off Amazon. Right. So this has to be a, this was a drone that was built for a specific purpose and that purpose is not to fly above the skies in Colorado and spy on your neighbor. No. You know, this was built for real world spy stuff. I mean they could right? de- they could deliver ordnance, they could have some type of uh EC uh electronic countermeasure package on it. An EMP something or other. <laughs> Imagine that. It'd take the drone out too, but so it, what? it would take the drone out, that's all right. But if if your job is just to prevent the destroyer from communicating with whatever it's, you know, for communicating with the rest of the Navy, mm-hmm. you've essentially disabled. Yep. Mission accomplished. The, you've disabled a ship. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because it's uh, our military. Now, uh, granted, I ain't got nothing to do with the military, but I completely understand that the military is completely high tech, high tech satellites, GPS, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows everything. It's up there, and if you can, it's so it's easy to screw with. Well, let me if tell you, you, have the right technology. Back in the day, when I was uh, working for the DoD, um, I got to see some of their tech that they had in the stuff that I was involved around, and it was very impressive. And that's been a few years ago, like more than a few years ago. So God knows. We're talking double-digit years ago. So who the hell knows what is in those things now, you know? So uh, I I didn't even know what the hell I was looking at, and I probably shouldn't have been looking at it anyway, you know? No, you shouldn't. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but they were showing it to me, so I'm like, okay, I'll look at it, you know? So, so um, one of the things that you um, that you mentioned was how fast these things were were able to go, and according to some ship logs, the drones were able to fly at the same speed as a destroyer traveling at sixteen knots in low vis conditions. Yeah, what is a knot? This is defined as less than one nautical mile of visibility. Right, right, right. So that's what the low level conditions is. Well, you've got your. Your supercomputer there in front of you. Look at that is your that is your assignment. How fast is so cannot cannot. So the first sighting of these unidentified drones came one point one five zero seven eight miles per hour. Okay, so might as well just saw sixteen miles an hour plus, give or take. Okay. So the first sighting of these unidentified drones came on the evening of July the fourteenth, twenty nineteen. There were sailors on the USS Kid who reported seeing two UAVs. Six, 16 knots is 18.4125 miles per okay. hour. Okay. So according to the handwritten deck log, 
which I have copies of right here. The ship deployed an onboard intelligence unit known as a Snoopy, S-N-O-O-P-I-E. It's known as a Snoopy team, and Snoopy stands for Ship Nautical or Otherwise Photographic Interpretation and Exploration Team, S-N-O-O-P-I-E, Snoopy. Somebody got paid lots of yep. money to come up with exactly. that. So they launched this Snoopy team to document the, the UAV or the drone. Now, after the two drones were spotted, the kid took security precautions, restricting communications in a mode referred to in the ship's log as River City One. So on uh, July the 14th at 2156, I'm reading this off of the ship's log here. It says, uh, uh, away Snoopy team for two UAVs. And then uh, at 2214, well, that can't, that, yep. Okay, so I guess you read this going from the bottom up. Yeah, you'd have to read that. This is weird. So it looks like you read the log from the bottom up because the bottom starts at 2216 and the top is at, well, no, okay, I see. If I knew how to tell military time better, you'd think I would... Working for the DOD all these years, I would know how to tell military time. But apparently, I just had like uh, a TIA and just totally went dyslexic. So it happens. It does happen. So, uh, twenty one fifty six. Away Snoopy team for two UAVs. Then you go down here to twenty two fourteen, which my mind was saying was twenty one fourteen. Was just I don't know why I thought that because it clearly says twenty two fourteen. It says set to River City one. So that is a um, some sort of security level. DEFCON 3. Yeah, River, River City 1. So two other um, destroyers, they're known as Arleigh Burke-class destroyers, they reported the drones overhead as well. And according to the log of the USS Rafael Peralta, the crew observed, and I quote, a white light identified hovering over the ship's flight deck. So this was uh, at 22.07 on July the, the 14th. Uh, says uh, USS Kid reported UAV overhead, warned operators to secure. Uh, then it gave the latitude and the longitude. I'm not even going to read that. And you go uh, 22.10, three minutes later. Away the Snoopy team. So they also deployed a Snoopy team. Uh, John Flynn reports two drones overhead and once again gives latitude and longitude. And then at 2227, USS Kid reported UAV overhead warned operators to uh, to secure. Okay. And then it gave latitude and longitude. So let me let me, let me skip ahead here. Go ahead. And if, if I'm skipping ahead too far, just let me know. All right. Mm-hmm. So this happened in 2019. July. And we didn't know about it until just a few Short weeks ago. Correct. All right. How does this tie in with that FAA lawsuit? Did this have anything? Do you think there might have been some temporal you know, well, correlation between this going on and then the FAA making you, this law? You do jump ahead a little bit here, but I'm going to go ahead and answer that question. So 
I find it highly coincidental that in July of 2019, we had this incident happen, and then just a few short months later in December of 2019, we had those drones appearing out in Colorado. And in both cases, we don't know who was behind them, who was operating them, where they came from or where they went to or what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So it could be nothing more than coincidence here. That could be all it is. But the circumstantial evidence there is, to me, is it's a lot. And people have been convicted on circumstantial evidence less than this before. You know, so I, I really don't know. I'm not going to say... Yes, the same group was behind it. I'm not going to say yes, the FAA was 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 behind both of these things. I think it would have been a little bit brazen for the FAA to um, do this to the Navy. No, yeah, that 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 makes no however, sense. However, however, what I do think is that the FAA piggybacked off of this incident and said, "Hey, this would be a great way for us." No, 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 no. You're, you're getting it completely wrong. The FAA didn't come up with this shit. The FAA was told by the Department of Defense, you're going to make a damn law because they don't need this shit fucking with our military. Okay, so thank you for jumping ahead. I'm speculating here, okay? Right. So the FAA could have piggybacked off of this event and said, hey, what better... They didn't come up with the idea. Somebody else came up with the idea, and the FAA says, "Hey, let's 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 use this for our nefarious purposes." Right. 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 The other explanation is exactly what you said, which is the DOD come up to the FAA and was like, "Hey, we need to do something here," mm-hmm. and then they collaborated with the FAA. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that to me that makes reasonable sense. Which is what conspiracy, conspiracies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see where where was I? You made me forget where I was. Okay, so so the uh, the Arleigh Burke they reported uh, UAVs. They deployed their Snoopy team. Blah, blah, blah. All right? And that was on July the 14th. Mm-hmm. So the next night on July 15th, more drones show up again late in the evening. And this time the USS Russell documented uh, the drone activity. Um, there was an unmanned aircraft that uh, dropped in elevation and moved forward and backward and left to right alongside the ship. And at 20, looks like 2038, according to this handwriting log, uh, it says uh, it's hard to read this handwriting. Something, something flying UAV observed, and then it gives latitude and longitude. And then at twenty thirty eight, uh, Snoopy team away. So they deployed their Snoopy team as well. And then you get to flash fast forward to twenty one twenty. Multiple UAVs around ship. Multiple. So that means more than two, right? Yes. And then uh, at 2127, uh, there's something that they wrote down the log that is redacted. I don't know 
what it says. I can't read it. And then at 2137, it says uh, Landmark 87 stations. I don't know what that means. And I, 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 ain't I don't know. You home. So we have multiple. We have two nights. And one of those nights, we have multiple drone sightings. And there's also a Carnival cruise ship that was passing by. The uh, Imagination. Yes, yes, yes. I read, I read about that. Yeah, it yeah. made a radio call to the USS Rafael Peralta, and it told them that the drones did not belong to the cruise ship. I was like, hey, those are not ours. Yes. So obviously they saw them too, right? Right. So the crew told the Navy vessel that they saw as many as like five or six drones that were operating nearby. And that's according to the, that to the Peralta's log. Is that it is it nuts? is nuts because they're in the middle of friggin' nowhere out there. Yeah. So even as military officers tried to gather information about the July 14th and 15th incidents, there were more drones that were spotted flying near warships in the early morning on July 25th and again on July 30th. So we have multiple days of multiple drone sightings in the middle of the ocean. Now, the Navy, unfortunately, is no closer to identifying these mysterious drones that were spotted hovering around the U.S. warships off the coast of California. So anybody anybody in Colorado who claimed to have seen a drone and they were just kind of poo-pooed away, the, the, the shit was real. Mm. I mean, th- this crap is going on in the middle of the freaking ocean. Mm-hmm. You know, people on a cruise ship saw it and said, hey, oh, hey, guys, yep. these, these ain't ours, right? Right. Completely justifies anybody's story. You know, who said, yes, I saw something. Oh, no, you didn't. You saw stars and planets and shit. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. I know what the fuck I saw. Right. We're, we're out in the middle of the ocean. Right. So, um, Admiral uh, Michael Gilday. Akbar. No, Gilday. <laughs> so, God. Admiral, <laughs> can't take you anywhere. So... There was um, the chief of naval operations, Admiral Michael Gilday. He was at uh, an event in Washington, D.C., and he said that the sightings are still being assessed by naval intelligence. And, and, and he was asked whether or not the Navy had identified the drones, and uh, this is what he says. I quote, No, we have not. I'm aware of those sightings, and as it's been reported, there have been other sightings by aviators in the air and by other ships, not only of the United States, but of other nations and, of course, other elements within the U.S. Joint Force. Those findings have been collected, and they still are being analyzed. So he says not just U.S. ships saw these things, but, quote-unquote, other nations what other nations? Mm. I don't know. What mm. other nations? He didn't. He didn't elaborate, and and of course he won't. Nope. So I wouldn't. What does it matter? Other nations. I mean, if other nations are saw, saw seeing them, then if we make those nations known when it kind of helped maybe narrow down who's doing it, what well, nation's doing it. 
It sure would, but I, I'm pretty certain that he wouldn't want to show his cards. Well, you're probably right. You're probably right. So this incident that we've been talking about here with these Navy drones, we're going to call them, this not only reminds me of the mysterious Colorado drones from late 2019 to early 2020, but it also uh, is reminiscent of multiple incursions of drones over U.S. nuclear facilities, which you brought up earlier. Right, right, right. 24 nuclear sites had 57 drone incursions from 2014 to 2019. That's a lot. And in one of the more dramatic incidents that took place in September of 2019, Mm. coincidence, right, five or six drones flew over the Palo Verde nuclear power plant for around... 90 minutes. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I struggle to think about why. Why? It's a nuclear site, man. Yeah. What better way to check out defenses of your enemy than just fly a drone straight through them? That seems like a great way to gather intel if you, on If that. you dr- fly your drone straight through the enemy's defense and nothing happens to it whatsoever that's a shit ton of information Mm -hmm. conversely if you fly your drone through the enemy's defense and it's that tells you a shit ton of info too sure does yep they're armed okay so why not let's just fly straight through let's go to the heart of of Nuclear country. Let's fly into a nuclear base. And here I am flying my drone. Oh, look. I've got no guards. But it's, it's or look not... at that building right there. Look at this building over here. Which one will I blow up first? Yeah. Only domestic terrorists would, would really want to have not just that, type, that type of... No, no I can't... No, 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 no. Scratch I, that, dude. These nuclear power plants are, are not, you know, super secret technology or anything like this. This is shit that was designed back in the 50s and 60s, for God's sakes. This, this isn't anything, you know, super top secret or crap. You know, but it is still a risk for, you know, someone yeah. coming in and, and fucking with it. Yeah. You know... And maybe some idiot thinks if they drop a, I don't know, a bomb or a grenade or something straight down the, the pipe there, it'll, you know, <laughs> it's explode only, the it, whole, you know. It's only two meters wide and it's guarded <laughs> by ray shields. Yeah. We'll have to use proton torpedoes. Yes. Yeah. So something, something, something dark side. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, really, I mean, you, you, you are correct. Okay. It's a nuclear power plant. It's not like super top top secret stuff, right. right? But at the same time, do we really want our enemies to be able to know how to get in there? No, certainly not. No, and it's not just domestic terrorism; it's international terrorism. Yes, it could be China for for God's sake, yes. Korea, Iran, Russia, Canada. Canada. Can't trust those Canadians. No, you know. So Mexico. <laughs> nah, they would just tunnel up underneath <laughs> the parking lot like Bugs Bunny and then poke their head out. 
I'm not going to fly no stinking drone. But but seriously, I mean, it would be, you know, it could be international. It could be a foreign nation. Drones? We don't need no stinking drones. <laughs> right. Or it, or it could be domestic terrorism. You know? I, I, I would I would definitely vote for domestic terrorism on that one as as a as a solid but, possibility. But as as with the Navy incident, these drones that were flying over Palo Verde and all that other crap from twenty fourteen to twenty nineteen, they weren't just single drones, but they were part of a coordinated group. Like the Navy. These were larger drones with greater endurance than the the commercially available models. Right, right. And to me, this suggests an operator with a considerable amount of resources behind him, whoever that operator is. And also, as with the Navy encounter, investigators failed to establish who flew the drones, where they came from, and most importantly, why were they there? Yep, same same. Well, we story. don't We nobody, don't know. Nobody knows shit. So the most obvious explanation for both sets of drone incursions is that they were testing security. And in both cases, the targets seem to have failed because nothing was, nothing happened to the drones. We don't know who was behind it or why or what was going on. So the you know targets, because they no, failed. Because nobody has a, 12 ga- has a shotgun with a 12-0 <coughs> buckshot. That's now, why. These drones might have been sent by some unknown U.S. government agency, or they could have been operated by some foreign power or other nefarious organization. We just don't know. Now, where they were launched from would, of course, give us plenty of clues. And one of the, the uh, guys that were on the, the Navy ships he suggested that a small unmanned vessel or submarine or even an aircraft could have been launch points for these drones. Totally but possible. But that yes. remains uh, just nothing totally more possible. than speculation. Yeah. So what we have here are we have three incidents starting all the way back as far as 2014. So this has been going on almost 10 years. So... We have drones that are flying over our residences. We have drones that are flying straight up into naval warships. Mm -hmm. And we have drones that are just flying through our nuclear power facilities. And we can't stop them. And we don't know where they're coming from. We don't know who's behind it. So... To go back to your question earlier, is, are the Colorado drones and these other drones with the Navy and the nuclear power plants, are they related? I can't say for certain one way or the other, but I would speculate that they're not. I would speculate that our government used whatever was going on with the, the Navy ships and the nuclear power plant drones. I would say they used those to help garner support and to help give a, a, a teeth to the reason why they needed this yes. particular stuff. So, but if these drones that are being flown out a hundred nautical miles and the ones that are being flown through our nuclear power plants and all that, if those are controlled by someone outside of, 
of the confines of the United States, then these freaking they don't have to comply to these laws. No, they don't. Or, absolutely not. Or if it's some nefarious covert cabal here in the United States building the drones themselves, they're not going to comply with these laws. So, no. so it could be what, Spectre. What good do these laws really do then when it comes to taking care of stuff like this? It it only absolves the people who are following who are following the rules and you know making sure that you know nobody who's actually trying to be above board is responsible for it. That it, that's that's all it would do. Would just be it gives the government the innocent some however little bit of control they've got. It gives a little bit of control. We can some say of it we to can the say okay, it's not Amazon, but right. other than that, what you're going to do? I don't you know. know. If if it was you know Spectre I'll be, from James Bond, you know they're not going to tell the government. Exactly. Oh yeah, we're doing this. Well, I'll be I'll be completely honest, and uh, I think that it's probably China. It, it it's totally plausible, totally plausible. I really think that it's probably China. Uh, who else really would have? Who else would bother to devote the resources? to making drones like that, and then who else would have the reason to do it? Russia? Um, Russia, Iran, you know, the... the I, I don't think Iran would has the resources or the money or the will to do that. Exactly. Russia, and I, maybe, I don't think just that, to fuck with us, but... I don't think that... I could be totally wrong here, but I don't think that Russia has the intelligence capability to do it. Probably I'm not, not probably not anymore, but I'm sure they did it once upon And I'm not talking about just intelligence as far as smarts. I'm talking about intelligence as far as intelligence community. You oh, know, yeah. You oh, know, yeah. I don't think that they have either kind of intelligence enough to, to, to do that right now. So I really think it's probably China. I mean, China, they're the next big superpower. They're they're the they are the big kids on the block that no one knows about. Yes, they are. Because they keep to themselves and then someone's going to pick on them one day, and they're going to get the crap beat out of them. Mm-hmm. And I really think that uh, who, why would anybody else other than China want to be doing something like this? It, it, I, I completely agree with you in, in just my assessment of, you know, if I was going to pick a top three list, you know, it's going to be China, China, China on, on top. Because yep. because China, you know, because China. That's all you got to say. Because, because, China. because China, it it it's not a conspiracy theory. It's not Asia bashing. No, it's not Asia bashing. It, it's it's legit. It, no, it's totally it legit. legit. You know, it's totally totally and completely legit. They they have been working on their fifty year plan with their Belt and Road project, and mm-hmm. they've completely bought up Africa. Oh my God. Yeah, you know, it's they they are moving to take over. Matter of fact, it's probably too late for us to even do anything about it. China is the next superpower on the block. We just haven't figured it out yet. In my assessment, or we've just totally ignored it. Yes, which is something that just exactly like because the federal they government are, because would do. they are laughing at us. Oh my God! Yes, they are laughing at us, especially the last four years. All the kind of crap that we have gotten ourselves into, and all the stupid stuff that we refuse to even 
acknowledge, much less fix. They are laughing at us. We're too concerned with uh, just so much unrealistic stuff like, oh, there's a secret cabal of politicians and Hollywood elite who are kidnapping babies, consuming them, and pumping adrenochrome out of them. Now, 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 now. What were you saying? You know, I was saying how stupid you you have to be to believe something like that. I know, right. And I'm a conspiracy theorist, dude. And that is dumb. (laughs) (laughs) That is so dumb. You got it. So, I think we're in agreement here that the military aspect of this with, with the Navy ships and going through the nuclear power plants, China. I'm all the way in on China. I'm going to put all my chips on China. Mm-hmm. What was going on in Colorado and everything, I think was, I still, I said it then, I'm going to stick to my guns on it. I still think our government had something to do with that. I really do. And I think it was to help garner support for that FAA rule. And I, I, right. okay. I know what you say. What you say does make plausible sense. Why would they even need to do that? Because who gives a shit anyway? You know, only the people who are flying drones give a shit. But this just gives them teeth behind the rule. And That's all it does. It I, gives gives them teeth. Right. My my position is that they didn't need it. They didn't need teeth because they already it was a slam. But if game. they did need it, they had it. Right. Now all they had to do was just do it a handful of times for a month. It's like, there we go. We did it. Okay. Check. But have it, having all of these things happen all over the time? No, no, no. It's somebody else is doing it. So let's wrap it up here. Let's conclude this puppy. So in conclusion, in conclusion we know absolutely nothing. nothing. Exactly. We are no better off now than what we were when the thing started. Right. So what we cannot do is assume that these encounters are trivial so we can just ignore them. It seems likely the drones were gathering intelligence, possibly about the radio signatures of particular warships, but they might have had a more nefarious purpose. Simply by flying around a warship, a drone can cause problems, right? Not at least by, you know, interfering with with helicopter operations. It can cause all other kind of problems. And a drone nearby equipped with a jammer can cause a lot more disruption than a larger aircraft at a longer range because jamming strength falls off with the square of distance. Right, it's the the inverse square mm -hmm. law. So the further you are away, the weaker the signal. Yes. Everybody knows that. Small quadcopters have already been used extensively to drop bombs in Iraq, Syria, Afghanistan, and other places. And even a small explosive charge is enough to knock out uh, radar communication antennas or even kill people. So it would also be a mistake to assume that current destroyer weapons can easily knock down all drones. A 2020 USNI study highlights how small drones can quote-unquote, mission kill a destroyer, not by sinking it, but preventing it from carrying out its mission, which is what you were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, the government should be concerned. They should be very concerned. 
the fact that we don't know who's controlling these drones, where they came from, what they're doing, or what they're capable of is disturbing, and the government really needs to put a lot of effort into solving this mystery. If they're taking it too lightly, the possibility that something bad will happen is real and, in my opinion, it's limitless. It's inevitable. Mm -hmm. It is not if, it is when. Exactly. So that's my conclusion. Excellent. Excellent. Agree. So we have nothing but speculation, unfortunately, because that's all we can do, because we've got all kinds of, of facts. They were there. We saw them. It's recorded. But we don't know the who, who what, where, when, why, how, yeah. what for, all that. And we probably won't ever know. No, no, we probably not. And because yeah, if that someone is does scary. find out, you know, we're not going to hear about it. Never know. Maybe. You never know. <laughs> well, that about does it for tonight. Thanks for listening to ev- to everyone out there. I really appreciate it. And thanks to uh, Mr. John Harrison for sitting in the co-host chair. Thank you, Sandman. Thank you, thank you. Triumphant return Woo-hoo! to pair reality for Mr. Harrison. But before I close it out, I want you to listen to thing here. Did you like being scared? Does the feeling of your threat tightening fear leave you unable to scream excitement? If the answer to these questions is yes, then you should listen to Scared to Death, stories of suspense, science fiction, and horror. Scared to Death airs the third Friday of every month at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Tune in for the fright of your life. things are going in the world? Have you always wanted to save whatever was on your mind without having to listen to someone bitch about it or suffer any repercussions? Well, me too. That's why I created the Set It Off podcast. I'm sick and tired of the stupidity that's going on around here, and I'm going to let everybody know how I feel about it. So hop on board this train and fasten your seatbelt because I'm about to set it off. Set It Off can be heard on your favorite podcast station. New episodes drop on the fourth Friday of every month at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. You never know what I'm going to say next. Hope that you enjoyed tonight's episode of Parareality. If you want to leave a comment about it or anything else about the podcast, you got a question you want to ask, you want to send an email, anything at all, Let me tell you how you can get in touch with me here because there are several different ways that you can do it. And here they are. The best way to do it, fastest way to get a response, is to email me. My email address is sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. Or you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash sandman.parareality. You can post a message on my wall or go ahead and just send me a DM. 
And if you have a Twitter or Instagram account, you can follow me there on both of those. And you can DM me there as well. My username on both is at Radio. That's at Radio. And finally, you can always call the podcast on the studio line that goes right here to the secret bunker. It is a direct line to the bunker. The number is 615-692-1170. That number to call once again is area code 615, then dial 692-1170 and leave me a message on the studio line. But I want you to remember this. If you do decide to leave me a message, you're giving me permission to play your comment back on the podcast. So if you don't want that to happen, you'll need to let me know somewhere in your message. And you can call me and leave a message about anything. Hey, you suck. Hey, I like the show. Hey, John Harrison sucks. Hey, I like John Harrison. Hey, he needs to come back on the podcast more. Or, hey, I have an idea for a podcast episode. I want to have John Harrison's baby. <laughs> or, hey, I would like to have John Harrison's baby. <laughs> Whatever. You can call that studio line and let me know. 615-692-1170. Or if you don't want to call, email me, sandman at parareality.com. Go to that Facebook page and leave me a message to my wall or slide into my DMs there. Facebook.com slash sandman.parareality. Or just DM me or post to me on Facebook, or excuse me, Twitter or Instagram. My username is at Radio. Now listen, if you do want to call the studio line and leave a message, there's a three-minute time limit on the voicemail. So if you run out of time, all you got to do is just call back and pick up where you left off. And please, while you're at it, don't forget to visit my website, www.parareality.com. That's a place where you can keep up on all the latest paranormal news from around the world. I've got an entire page of the website devoted to paranormal news, and the content is updated almost daily. You can also shop in the Parareality store, get some good gear. You can watch some of the terrible videos that I've made for the uh, podcast over the years. I had a very short-lived web TV series that was, it was horrible. John Harrison, you've never seen that. I never you? even saw No, no, I've never seen that. It. It's horrible. <laughs> it was terrible. But I posted the, some of the videos up because, you know, for your entertainment out there. Um, so, yeah, you can watch some of those terrible videos that I've made for the show over the years. And you can even, the best thing I think about the website is you can not only listen to the current episode of Parareality there, but you can also listen you can go to the podcast archives and listen to almost every episode of Parareality. I got tons of audio on the website from the various incarnations of Parareality throughout the years, along with my other podcast, Set It Off and Scared to Death. And you can find all of that content for free on the archives section of the website. That's www.parareality.com. So make sure you check that out. Parareality can be heard on your favorite podcast station. Just search for Parareality. If you got a smart speaker, you can listen there too. If you got any of the, the uh, podcast skills for your favorite podcast station on your device, all you got to do is just say, play the Parareality podcast. 
and I got that YouTube channel too. So you can, uh, you, well, you can listen to the podcast from YouTube. I, I, I upload all of my audio to the YouTube channel and I got all kind of videos like UFO and paranormal documentaries. Uh, I got a new segment there that I did a couple of uh, a times, but hashtag COVID happened and I haven't had a chance to pick it back up. It's called News of the Strange. And I've got those terrible videos that I did on my web TV series. So to find the channel, just go to youtube.com slash user slash parareality1. It's parareality with the number one. Once again, everybody, my co-host for this evening has been the incomparable, the one and only, Mr. John Harris. Thanks so much, Sandman. We'll see you in Nashville. Oh, oh, you're gonna you're gonna come back on another podcast episode, right? You darn right. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I can't pay you. I'm sorry. That's Did I right. mention that there's That's no salary right. for this? I give you a free shirt. That sounds great. I love a shirt. Yeah. I would totally love a shirt. I would totally go to your parareality store and get a shirt. But why do it when you can get one for free, right? Hey, you cheap you, bastard. Then you can, then you, hey, I will wear it as advertisement for you. I, I will look at it as an investment. There you go. Yes. Invest <laughs> in my podcast. If you have money you'd like to spend, if if you're just sitting around out there and you're like... Did you mention the Patreon? Yeah. And all of the proceeds go right back into the production of this show. I have not mentioned the Patreon. It was uh, on the commercial, though. So Right, right, right. Yeah. So, yes, if you, if you want to... Uh, I wasn't on the commercial? I think it was. I can't remember. Now I'm going to have to go back and I think it was look, listen to my commercials again. So I've got a Patreon account, www.patreon.com slash parareality. If you want to be, yeah, it was on the commercial. Yeah. If you want to be an agent of chaos, a knowledgeable apprentice of Sandman, then all you got to do is go to patreon.com slash parareality and sign up to join. I got three levels of membership. All are very affordable. $5 a month or less. You have the ability to uh, be a co-host or be a guest on the show. I think that's great. I don't know of a lot of other places. I don't know of any other places that are offering stuff like that. So someone needs to take advantage of that. And you can be sitting in the co-host chair where Mr. John Harrison is. Your butt that's can be right. sitting in the same chair that John Harrison's butt was sitting in. It's a very comfortable one, too. Not a lot of people can say their butt has been in the same spot as John Harrison's butt. <laughs> as a matter of fact, after we get finished recording this episode, I'm going to go over there and sit in that chair. So I can be one of the few people that says, my butt has been in the same spot as John Harrison's butt. That That's an exclusive T-shirt right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, only, we only, have only for Patreon. I don't know how we have spiraled <laughs> down into this dark hole that we have just gotten down into, but we need to start clawing our way out of it here. <laughs> All right, everybody. The next episode of Para Reality is going to air on May 7th at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. So make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out. You want to be on the next episode, John? What the hell? You're going to be here, right? Okay, yes. All right, you you know, there's only like two people besides me who knows the location of the secret bunker, and you're one of them. That's 
one too many. Uh, no, 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 <laughs> no. I just, just uh, you know, you got to keep it close to the vest. Only people you can trust, right? So you know the location of the secret mucker, and my part-time co-host Eric from World We Live In podcast, he knows the location of the secret mucker. Have I met mucker. him before? Yes. Was, was yes. He, oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's a good guy. Yes, I he like is. Him. Yeah. So that's why he knows the secret location. Not even my wife knows where the secret bunker is. I know. She doesn't like that. It pisses her off. So I'm like, honey, I'm I'm going to the secret bunker. So again, I'm like, I got to work on the podcast. There are people out there who need me. There, I have fans. They have to listen to the show. Story. It, it, exactly. She's like, well, you know, so your girlfriend's going to be there? I'm like, as far as you know, I don't have a girlfriend. As far as she knows. As far as she knows. But if I did have a girlfriend, she would not know the location of the secret bunker because that would mean, you know, that I was having an affair, an extramarital affair, and I was cheating on my wife. So I'm cheating on my wife with this person, and if that person is helping me cheat on my wife, she can't be trusted. Right? Right. So logic concludes that you don't want to show her where the secret bunker is. No, absolutely not. Wow. But guess what? I'm not cheating on my wife. I don't have a secret girlfriend, but I do have a secret bunker. And my wife doesn't know where it is. There's only three people in the whole entire world who knows where my secret bunker is. And two of them are sitting in the secret bunker right now across from each other. That's right. And also, you never get your honey where you make your money. That is so true. Never. It never works out well. Exactly. Trust me. (laughs) <laughs> I don't even want to know. Yeah, dude. let's not go there. All right. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, just take my word for it. <laughs> I will. I will take your word for it 100% complete. But really, seriously, I'm, I'm going to, right right now, I'm going to extend the, the invitation. Uh, our, my next podcast is going to be on May 7th. I would love it if you'd come back. Sure. Because I'm. What's the topic going to be? Well, funny you should mention that. I'm trying to plan something, and I don't want to talk about it on the air because if I do, it'll jinx the whole project. But I'm I'm trying to work on something that's that's kind of big, and I'll talk about it to you off air. Oh dear! But I don't want to. Oh uh, <laughs> Quit with your Sulu stuff. <laughs> I I don't want to uh, really say anything about it and like you know advertise it and then it not I, I can't put it together and it won't happen. I see. I see. You, you know what I'm saying? Right. Because right. it's kind of like false advertisement. So I do have. I can tell you this: it will happen. I just can't guarantee that it's going to be next podcast, but that's what I want, and I'm going to try to make it happen. Okay. So yeah, we I, I I invite you to come back and uh, and and sit in the co-host chair. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, I I would love it because everybody loves it when John Harrison is. Uh, no, I love no it ki- when I I love it when John Harrison. Is here. <laughs> but seriously, I always get a lot of good comments and stuff and and high downloads and everything whenever John Harrison's on on the show and I think we got a good rapport and uh you you can come back anytime. Really, all you have to do is call me up and say I want to be a co-host on your next episode. I'm like, "You're there, man." You know? That's very sweet of you. So, Thank you. But yeah, so 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 thanks. So yeah, May seventh, eight o'clock p.m. Central Time. Next podcast episode going to be joined in studio once again by John Harrison. Everybody, that does it for tonight. I hope that this podcast opens up your mind to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world.
If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. I hope that everyone has a wonderful evening, a great weekend, and for myself and John Harrison, thank you for listening. We will see you again on Friday, May 7th at 8 p.m. Central Time. See ya. Good night, everybody. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe.